The Daily Tap is live for Thursday. It is April 27th. I know no one is doing well. The Milwaukee Bucks collapse. They're out of the playoffs. I truly cannot believe we are here. We're going to talk about it all. We're going to try to do it in a, I guess, organized manner. Uh, It's hard, man. This is as hard of a podcast as I've done in a long time. Uh, I did a podcast after the 2014 Packer collapse, but I did it Monday night. So I did it like basically 24 hours after it happened. So you had so long to kind of decompress, get your thoughts in order, everything like that. Now, I didn't hop on right after the game. I waited a little bit. I did some things around my house. Uh, It's actually about 1 a.m. right now. Uh, But I want to do a podcast. I couldn't go to bed uh, without doing a podcast. We had to do a podcast. The podcast had to go on. So I did one after 2014. I did one after the Packers lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2020. Uh, that was probably one of my more incoherent podcasts. I I wouldn't say and I, I don't remember, but I went out that night, uh, even though it was COVID, everything, and I don't need to hear it. And, and uh, it was 2021 was the championship game, but the 2020 season. And yeah, uh, Packers lost that too. Uh, that was heartbreaking. Uh, when the Bucs lost to the Celtics this past year, 2022, I was okay with it, right? Because Chris Middleton was hurt and Giannis did everything he could and the Bucs should have slammed the door. But this is the first time in a very long time, probably since that 2014 uh, Packers-Seahawks where I'm this crestfallen, I'm this hurt, I'm, I'm disgusted, I'm embarrassed. I mean, every superlative you could use, I'm that. And we're gonna try to get through it all. And we're gonna try to have a therapy session here um, and talk through it and try to get through it and hopefully... I'll feel better. Hopefully you'll feel better. Um, We're not going to do a ton on the draft. We're not going to do a ton on the Brewers. I know I had mentioned something about doing Brewers stuff today, doing draft stuff, obviously, because today is the draft, which is fucking crazy, that will flip the switch, right? And we'll talk about where the Packers, who they select at 13, who they might select if they decide to trade up. And we'll be talking about that tomorrow night, um, which I'm really excited for. And Murph and I are going to do that. And I'm looking forward to to Murph and I kicking it and talking about that because I, I think that will be that'll be great. It'll be a nice palate cleanser. We'll distract ourselves from talking about the Bucks, but no Saturday pod because the Bucks had a game six. No Monday Monday morning reaction pod to game seven. None of that shit. It's gonna be Heat Knicks on fucking Saturday night or whatever they play. I don't know when, but they'll play Saturday, which is just absurd, right? It's absurd that the Bucks aren't there. Uh, so. That's why I opened without even telling you guys where we are on social media. Tabby the Keg, uh, obviously the review was fiery today. Uh, we blasted it everywhere. Tabby the Keg Sports on Instagram, Tabby the Keg Sports, as well on TikTok, on Facebook for that matter. Uh, we also, uh, are, we obviously have this podcast. Uh, appreciate all the support. The listens have been great. They beat the March numbers, which the March numbers were fantastic. The April numbers are better. Uh, so thank you guys for still listening. Uh, f- please throw us in the group chat. Tell tell people what we have going on here. Uh, and if you are one of those group chat listeners, uh, make sure to subscribe. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast. So let's try our best to get into this and figure out what's happening. The Milwaukee Bucks were up 16 points at the start of the third, fourth quarter. It, it seemed like the Bucs were going to move on to the final, you know, move on to game six. And I said to my wife, who was going to bed, uh, who's probably been in bed for, gosh, probably four hours at this point. I was like, maybe not that many. But still, you get the point. And I said, we just got to bury him. We just got to finish him. 
I said that on Twitter a couple times too. Like I was like, just got to bury them. Just got to make sure that they are dead. And they were not. And they got going. The Bucks got sloppy. The Bucks got stagnant. And they let the Miami Heat into the game. The Miami Heat scored 19 points when Jimmy Butler was out to the Bucks six. The Bucks shut off their brains when Jimmy Butler wasn't playing. It was almost like Jimmy Butler's out of the game so we can take a step back. We can take it easy. And it, it was stunning. It was stunning to see this and to see the Bucs only make three field goals in the last 22 minutes of play is absolutely mind-numbing. That the Bucs couldn't get shots, couldn't get easy buckets. The fact that Brooke Lopez, uh, who my guy Jay on Twitter was mentioning, like you had, and Trent too, uh, shout out both of those guys. Like get Brooke, get Brooke the ball, get Brooke the ball. Brooke got so disrespected down the stretch here in games four and five that I won't be surprised if Brooke doesn't want to come back, right? Like, it was absurd. Like, he was the, the linchpin. He was the difference maker in this series because they did not have the size. And Bam Adebayo, for that matter, Bam Adebayo was in foul trouble. And they just absolutely shit their pants. They shit all over the city of Milwaukee, the state of Wisconsin. It's, it is one of the biggest collapse choke jobs that we have ever seen in professional sports. It's not just the NBA. It goes beyond that. This will be a talking uh, a topic you know, in the national media. Like This will make the Today Show. This will make Good Morning America. This is akin to a 16 beating a one in a way. Now, I, I realize Miami, what they stand for, and it, it's a little different, right? But it, it's that jarring. The fact that the way it happened, right? If the Bucks lost in seven games to the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler hit a big shot at the end and Jimmy Butler was incredible throughout the entire seven games and it was back and forth and it was, you know, two-point games, three-point games, back, you know what I mean? Like, if it was all close, I think everybody would be like, yeah, it's an upset, but it just came down to Jimmy Butler had the ball last and that's it. And it would sting, it would suck, we'd feel, we'd maybe feel even worse, Right. But I, I think right now we feel humiliated as Bucks fans. I don't think any Bucks fan really wants to put their head up right now. Like it's it's bad, and part of it is just the way they fell apart in both games. There is a alternate universe we live in, where the Milwaukee Bucks are up three two with a chance to close out the Heat in Miami on Sat on Friday night. There's a that world is there. With a couple more shots, the Milwaukee Bucks are 4-2, you know, right? You know, with a chance to go Bucks and six, obviously. The the calling card of, of everything, right? And instead, they, they're home. Instead, they're home. And again, I said this in, I've said it on all the pods this week, but I need to say it again. Game three, man. If it's not, they are such motherfuckers for game three. They really are. Like, that's the part that just absolutely disgusts me. Like, it really does. Because if they actually took game three seriously and they go to game, you know, wouldn't have got bullied by the Heat and would have carried the momentum from game two over to game three, you know, who knows, right? Who knows what game four looks like? Who knows what game five looks like? I doubt it's like this. I cannot believe how fucking tight this team was down the stretch. I mean, I guess I can with the collapses during the year. We talked about it with Mitch a couple days ago. You know, it's it's how sometimes teams get defined. You see it in the regular season. You watch enough of their games and you're like, hey, 
This keeps happening. They keep collapsing. They haven't really figured out how to prevent these collapses. They, at some point, get by by the skin of their teeth, but they seem to let teams back into basketball games and they don't just fucking finish. Now, I realize this might be an epidemic in the NBA. You saw it happen with Boston. You saw it happen with Phoenix. Uh, and like it's, happen- it's happening, so it might just be the fact that everybody can't stop three-point shooters, and that's why these comebacks are more likely. But still, Memphis, a team with far less experience, playing LeBron James, playing Anthony Davis, won 116-99 to tonight. Now, I do respect that there's some context there. Lakers are an old team. They were a tired bunch, likely, with one-day rest. But at the same time, Memphis got it done. They didn't blink. They're sending it back to LA. They're putting the pressure on the Lakers. Do I think the Lakers are going to win in LA? Yeah, I do. But does that mean that suddenly we're we're in this spot where the, the Memphis at least didn't hold serve, right? They didn't at least give their fans a sour taste in their mouth on the home gym. They won that game. They dominated that game. And even if the Lakers come by and win game six, maybe there is some some solace in in just that they fought back, they fought hard. If the overtime goes their way, maybe, you know, again, they're up 3-2 and heading back to LA with all the pressure. It's, it, you know, that's how playoff series can work, right? But it's the Bucks instead go out like chumps. They go out like losers. All of the goodwill that Milwaukee built up from 2021 is done. It's over, man. I love Giannis's answers about failure. I think that was great. Um, I, I do believe that there is something there. I don't think it's loser talk from Antetokounmpo. I think he's right that we're still building steps forward, that you work for a promotion when you're, you're not a basketball player. And he was talking to Eric Name of The Athletic. And I, I do think there is some truth to that. You know, Michael Jordan did not win championships every year he had nine years where he didn't win a championship as Antetokounmpo pointed out and as what I tell you guys all the time and you guys have heard this if you're a long-time listener to Tapping the Keg it's really fucking hard to win a championship I could make it a t-shirt I can make it's it's a slogan of mine because whenever people are bitching about the Packers whenever people have bitched about the Brewers and a little bit of the Bucks pre-2021 I've always said that because it is it's extremely difficult and there's so much nuance. There's so much luck. There are so many different things that go into winning a championship. Opponents, right? It's more than just, hey, we're really fucking good. If we were, if that was the case, this Bucks team would be moving on. This the 2011 Green Bay Packers would be would have been in the Super Bowl. The Milwaukee Brewers of 2018 would be in the World Series. But that's not how it works. Chris Taylor fucking catches a ball. Did. The Romeo Cornell figures out how to scout the Packers offense with, with it as an interim guy at Kansas City. And that makes the case and everybody realizes this defense is smoke and mirrors and the Green Bay Packers are out. I look at this all and I, I do agree that, yes, you can, you're not going to be able to win every year, right? But you can't go out like this. And that's the part that I think I disagree with Antetokounmpo. I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the candor, the candidness, the candor. I think that's how you say it. That's the grammatical way. Uh, like I said, it's late. But anyways, it, it's, it's a good comment. But 
let's try to at this point figure out where we we, we already kind of discussed where it went wrong but you know kind of look into more of the players we'll start with Giannis Antetokounmpo I do want to talk a lot about Mike Budenholzer but we're talking about the players and we mentioned his quotes so I want to start with Giannis Antetokounmpo Giannis can't miss 13 free throws in in a basketball game in a playoff basketball game he missed it during regular season I think that still will be concerning but Giannis has to be better at the free throw line Giannis makes five more of those free throws, right? If he just makes five, Bucks win the game. I know they missed 17, but and Giannis had a lot to do with that. Giannis has to be better. And I don't know if it was the back that was fucking it up, if it was his knee, if it was his wrist. Giannis is very injured. It would not surprise me if Woj or Shams tomorrow is breaking a story, or today, is breaking a story that Giannis is going in for wrist surgery or is going in for back surgery. Would not surprise me in the slightest. Um, because I think that's what he's playing through. So maybe that did screw up his free throws, and I'm, I'm willing to give him that out. That said, that was bad. It was bad that Giannis Antetokounmpo tried to do it all. Nobody really reigning him in. That's where a coach would have probably came in and, and helped out. He froze out Chris Middleton at the end. Chris Middleton has been a closer for the Bucks, you know, in the past, in these moments. Chris Middleton had a really good fucking game. He had 33 points. A lot of that was in the first first quarter. Became on strong in the fourth. He was feeling in the fourth. Marcus Johnson, who is not always going to be critical as the home broadcaster, was mentioning that Chris Middleton had not touched the ball. This is a bad game for Giannis. Does it tarnish his legacy? I mean, I have to look through it. I know Bill Simmons will talk about it, right? Bill will have that for you and tell you, like, you know, what guys bowed out in the first round. There's not, you know, that, that part, it, it stings, right? But Steph Curry missed the playing game, right? They missed the playoffs that year. They were out, out before they even got in. They lost to Memphis. You had LeBron James recently who lost in the first round. Tim Duncan lost in the first round. Charles Mosley pointed that out. Uh, same with Dirk Nowitzki. They have both won championships after getting out in the first round as number one seeds. So this does happen. It hasn't happened in a long time, right? But I think it speaks to the parity of the league, which is a totally separate discussion that I think we'll have at some point next week. I kind of want to see how Warriors-Kings shakes out. I want to see how Lakers-Grizzlies shakes out. But there is a real chance that we could have an eight seed in one one bracket. We could have a six in, in another bracket and a seven in the other bracket all in the second round. And if the Hawks actually are legit and, and beat the Celtics, you could have another seven seed, you know, potentially there as well. We'll just have to see on that. Um, I, I look at this for Giannis, and I, I don't think the story is done, right? Uh, as Natasha Benningfield said in the American Classic, unwritten, the rest is still unwritten. We don't know where it's going, right? Uh, Giannis does have two years left on his deal. Um, I expect that to be a, a large conversation tomorrow because the media can't help themselves. They're like any fucking pick your Bravo, favorite Bravo franchise. They're Vanderpump Rules. They're the Real Housewives of New Jersey. They, they just want to be catty and talk about all of this. Thank God the fucking draft is today because that does help mitigate it. They'll still talk about it at the open. Stephen A will be as critical as he could be. He'll be like a disappointed father out there. But at least we have the fucking draft, which will save us because this goes away. This, this will not be talked about on Friday. It won't be talked about on Monday, right? Maybe a little bit on Monday when you, you're like, okay, the second round set. 
you know, who who do we see, what what's there, but it's gonna get buried. And that's huge. Um, that's that's huge for us, and it's huge for Giannis. And Giannis will come back. I think he has to work on not settling for that mid-range jumper. I think he has to understand if he's hurt, which he was, to be the facilitator. I don't know what happened from game four to five, right? Game four, he looked like a tall Greek Magic Johnson. And then in this game, there really wasn't that. And it's like, did it go away because Giannis started to feel more healthy? And so because he felt more healthy, he was like, all right, I I don't necessarily need to do all the facilitating I did in game number four. But again, if you had a fucking coach who'd tell him like, hey, look, man, we really benefited from your passing. Can you have that as part of your game plan? I know you're feeling better, but like think about being a distributor tonight and see if you can get some of these guys going. Chris Middleton, uh, it, it was what I will say it was a redemption day for Chris Middleton, right? Um, and the fact that he got 33 points, the fact that he led the charge, kind of kept the Bucks afloat in a pretty lackluster first quarter, um, and then came on strong in the fourth quarter. Um, or, well, not really in the fourth, but third quarter. And then, you know, because nobody made a shot in the fourth quarter. He had made some free throws, uh, so I'll give him credit for that. But finished the game with 33 points, and it was a good reminder of who Chris Middleton is. He still, I don't think, can defend anybody. Um, I think he's going to pick up his player option. Uh, I I look at that, though, too, and say, all right, do you run it back again, or do you, do you try to put him in a deal? And I think I said it on yesterday's pod, so I'll repeat myself here. There's really only three or four guys you can do a deal where it's kind of straight up. And obviously there's other pieces. Bucks are going to get a high draft pick now uh, because they lost early, which I guess you could look at as a positive. Uh, you could probably trade Chris that first round pick, maybe Bochamp, maybe the 2029 first, um, which I think will still be allowed in the CBA. I'm not sure. The CBA rules have changed now as well. So that's part of it. Uh, but the guys available are Brad Beal, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard. And Damian Lillard is maybe exactly what you need, but he's a little bit of a usage hog. I don't know how him and Giannis exactly work together. Um, that has not been really explained to me. Uh, Damian Lillard also is old $60 million when he's 38. Do you just suck it up? Do you just say fuck it and win a couple titles and no one's going to care that old ass Damian Lillard is making $60 million at age 38? Maybe you do. Maybe it's kind of one of those cap isn't real sort of things and you just say fuck it. And I, I'm not, again, I, I have reservations about Damian Lillard. I have reservations about Nick Nurse. Uh, but maybe at some point you just got to say fuck it and, and make it happen. And we'll see. We'll see if that's the case. Um, I, I, Damian Lillard would take a lot of shit for joining Giannis because he's been very vocal about kind of wanting to do it his way. And then you have Drew Holiday. And I think Drew Holiday was probably the biggest loser besides Mike Budenholzer in this all. I think we all love Drew Holiday. I don't think that has changed. Um, and Drew Holiday had an incredible offensive season this year. Uh, but whatever happened during the regular season to now there was there wasn't there and i think the defense took a lot out of him i think that if you do have holiday going forward and middleton you have to figure out a way to give holiday some breathers Giannis was critical of this uh, after game he 
he threw Mike Budenholzer right under the bus, and we're we'll get to we'll get to Bud here in a little bit. Um, but the honest comments, man, were kind of just jarring, right? Because I don't think you've ever seen him this sort of aggressive against Mike Budenholzer. Here's what he said. Let's find it here. Okay, here from Giannis. Maybe we could have double teamed to make Butler pass. Maybe we could have switched the matchup for two or three minutes to give Drew a break. I don't think we as a team made the right or we didn't make as many adjustments as we could against them. That is putting it all on the fucking table. That is Giannis calling out Bud. But the Drew part, to go go back to Holiday, I do wonder, like, if you're going to get the best version of him offensively, you have to spell him on defense. And then you worry also, too, about Lillard, right? Because Lillard can't play a lick of defense. So, but that's, again, another story for another time. He has to get here first uh, before before we're having that conversation. So, you have that part. Um, So, I feel bad for Drew in that way. Um, I don't think it makes me feel less about Drew. I just think you have to adjust how, how, if he's going to be a major part of your offense, you have to think about it a little bit differently about him on defense, is all I'm saying. And, And Drew also needs to figure out how to manage that. Like Drew needs to figure out, okay, if I need more breaks, if I, you know, can I go to the paint? I mean, I know my three-point shot probably is not going to be there. I need to get better shot selection. Drew, Drew Holiday's shot selection has been brutal in the playoffs. His shot selection, actually, Frank, Frank Madden pointed this out, matches Eric Bledsoe. Just a thought there. Um, so, again, I, I'm not ready to just bail on Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is the reason we're one of the major reasons we're one seat. We were a one seat, and we're not a one seat. We're out, but that's why. And I, I think you have to you have to consider that. As for the Bucks bench, uh, to just oh, well, well, Brooke Lopez, real quick. I, I I will just do the stars. Fuck it, Brooke Lopez. I thought played really well this series. I mean, he didn't show up in Game Three, but I don't know if that was his fault more so than guys not getting the ball. Um, and game one, he didn't really have too much of a presence, but game two and game four should be remembered. Uh, I think bring Brooke back. I, I, I can deal with different guys, you know, whether it's Dame or somebody else, or, you know, the Bucks decide to move on from Chris. I, I think Brooke is a constant. I think you keep Brooke. He looks healthy. He looks spry unless someone absolutely overpays him and gives him like five years or something for $90 million. You know, you could, you should keep Brooke. And I hope he stays around. As for Grayson Allen, I, I it bums me out that Grayson Allen was the guy with the last shot because everybody got their fucking jokes off uh, because they hate Grayson Allen, right? And because of Duke and because of some of the stuff he's done, the Caruso stuff, whatever. But Grayson Allen had a really good fucking series, okay? Like, Grayson Allen was a huge contributor to what the Bucks did in game four, what the Bucks did in game five. He provided some life. Like in that third quarter, the Bucks kind of came out in a funk. And then Grayson Allen made a couple really good winning plays on both ends of the ball. I honestly feel like Grayson Allen helped his stock maybe the most out of any buck in this playoffs. And so I it sucks that he he got kind of hard hard end of that, uh, being the one with the ball. And as Kevin Clark of all people, uh, who's a basketball fan, but he, you know, NFL guy, we had a screenshot like he had an open mid-range shot. Like if he pulls up, he has a mid-range shot to win that game, to tie that game and send it to a double overtime. But here and there. As for the bench, um, 
I think in general, it was a disappointment. Bobby Portis was an absolute nobody. Um, Bobby chest bumped Udonis Haslam, great, but didn't mean fucking much in the end. Um, so there's that. Pat Conson, great. Um, good to see Pat show up in the playoffs. We traded all these picks for Jay Crowder, and we didn't use, even use him. Um, so that's another good bud thing. Javon Carter found his way on the bench again. Okay, cool. So we're back to that again. Um, and I understand you can't play everybody, but I think this speaks to maybe the Bucks had too many guys. Maybe the Bucks should have tried to trade for somebody that was a little more reliable. Maybe the Bucks should have kind of dialed it in during the season. And they just, it, but also too, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with checking out how a guy can can do for two or three two or three minutes. And also the other part is West Math not even West Matthews from games two to four is pretty significant. And West Matthews telling Zora Stevenson, oh, it's it's winner go home, I have to play. Why why wasn't that attitude there on in game four would be my only pushback on that? I feel like if you're healthy enough to go in game five, why weren't you healthy enough to go in game game four? Uh, I love Wes, uh, Marquette guy, but I, I do wonder about that. All right, I've, I saved the best for last, and that's Mike Budenholzer. And Mike Budenholzer, uh, what a fucking disgrace. I've never really been a firebud guy. Um, I wasn't, even in 2021, when kind of it was closing in on it. Uh, I personally have, feel like we always reach for the fire this guy. Um, but I feel like when it's painfully obvious that a change is needed, you have to make the move. And the, some of the stuff that Mike Boonholzer did were that was absolutely mind-numbing. The guy did not call a timeout with under a second left. They, the Bucks had .5 when Jimmy Butler made that incredible shot where he pushed off on, but he made the incredible shot. And the Bucks had enough time to run basically a tip and play for Giannis and Brooke Lopez. They also have Myers Leonard, who's pretty damn tall. Um, now, I'm not saying Myers Leonard would have got there, but he has springs. So you could have thrown all three guys out there, ram to the basket, see if they get a wild tip in. Also, remember, too, worth pointing out, Heat, besides Bam Adebayo, are pretty short. So if you're able to cut off Bam Adebayo from that and you throw it at the right direction, and Joe Ingles, also known for being an excellent inbound passer, oh God, this is, this is killing me. It's fucking killing me. They, I mean, they could have won the game, right? Then you go into overtime. You're like, how could it get any worse than Mike Budos are holding a timeout that he's still going to have when he's not fucking coaching this team next year? He holds two timeouts down the stretch for the Milwaukee Bucks in overtime. He had fucking two. And Giannis gets the ball with a full head of steam. And once Giannis didn't go right to the, right to the lane, all he had to do was call timeout. And the Bucs would have a chance to tie or win the game. And he didn't do it. Man, I, I, it almost feels like he's actively trying to lo- lose these games. And you didn't call a timeout with being up thir- you know, the 13-0 run uh, for game four. And he didn't call a timeout when he went on like an 18-0 run in game three. He just, he didn't want to use any of his fucking timeouts. It was absolutely incredible and infuriating. And when I say incredible, I don't mean it in like a great way. I mean, in a, I cannot believe he fucking did that. And it it just feels like a guy who didn't want to be here. And it felt like a guy who was t- taking the, the the series. And 
And it's probably not all true. It's He's a stubborn guy, and he sticks to his ways. But the switching with Giannis at the five, you know, that was something that the Bucs should have probably done all series when Giannis was available. Now, if you could say, well, Giannis was hurt. That's why we didn't do it in game number four. That's fine. But there, but I honestly can't fathom how Mike Boonholzer should keep his job. And I know that some people are like, he's going to stay. He's going to end up here. And there's already the Mike McCarthy comparisons, which I feel like I, I, I've said before on a podcast. Um, I don't think that that's original. Um, and it's, it's possible, right? It's very, it's very much on the table. And Mike Boonholzer got his lunch eaten by Eric Spolstrom. I think Tibbs would also have handled him. I think that Joe Mazzola actually and Doc Rivers would have actually been better counterparts for him to go up against. Because I think Bud actually does have an advantage against both those guys. Doc Rivers is no different than Mike Budenholzer, honestly. And I I just like, it breaks my heart that, you know, part of this is the coaching. I'm not saying it's all. I was, I was pretty, you know, aggressive on all the guys, really. And so I'm not absolving any of that. But if there was just a little bit of better coaching, Bucks probably win this series. I'm not saying the Bucs win in five, but the Bucs probably win in six. And that part is going to bother me. The, the lack of timeout, those two timeouts in game five, after what happened in game four. It's like, here's the thing. If like game four, and I, I, I use this example a lot, but like if you lose by six in game four, right? I, I think, and in like there's no timeouts or no drama, it's just... Jimmy Butler had a couple more shots and had 56 points. It was incredible. I can accept the timeout blunders in this game, but when it actually happens to you on Monday and you watch the fucking tape and you see what the fuck happened, how do you not know? I got to make sure I'm calling timeouts. He fucked it up during the, during the regulation too. Now, if he would have wasted that timeout, he wouldn't have had one at, at like 0.5. But he didn't even use it. He just saved it. It's like, what the fuck were you thinking? And he's like, yeah, we had to call a timeout. I said that at the postgame press card. You're the coach. Like, that's your job. It's just a fundamental disaster. And I don't see any way the Bucs can keep him. And I don't think they will. I think there's going to be a lot of public pressure um, from the fan base, national media. Uh, it's, it's hard to... Go back to Mike Brunholzer. He'll get hired somewhere else, right? He'll coach a team. I, I don't know who has all his vacancies right now. But Bud will get a job because Bud's a great team builder. Like, he does a really good job in terms of getting them to the playoffs. The only problem is, is once the playoffs happen, it's not really there. He could be a successor for Bud, uh, Popovich. I wouldn't be surprised, right? That seems that seems like it makes actually a lot of sense. But, yeah, I, um, I, can't, I can't do it with Bud anymore. There's no way. And I, I don't think Giannis, like we read the Giannis quotes, right? I think Giannis is done. So yeah, it's, man, what a awful, awful fucking night. And I I don't want to feel this way uh, ever, really ever again. I mean, I will, sports fan. I care way too much about this shit. I was thinking about like, and I'm no news to report here, but I'm like, whenever I do have a kid, I'm like, well, I care less. And I probably won't, right? 
like I was staring out at the stars, letting my dog out before I taped, and I was like, no, I probably, I probably might not be as in it day to day, but when the chips are down and it's in the playoffs, like, yeah, it's gonna hurt just as much, because that's sports. It's a lot of pain, and you chase that euphoria, you euphoric moment, so often because when you do have it. It fucking is the best feeling in the world. And there's nothing like it. And I would never take back celebrating the 2021 championship or the 2010 Packer Super Bowl. I would never take those moments back. That said, you have to endure a lot to get those moments. And let's hope next year the Bucks are back on the mountaintop. And it's a story of redemption. And it, it's a, it drives them. It fuels them. It should. It should. I thought the Celtics thing would fuel them. This is at a whole other level. I hope Giannis becomes an absolute dick. And I, I mean that in the nicest way possible. Giannis is a sweetheart. But I think we need Giannis to really ramp it up and tell whoever the next coach is, I'm not putting up with it. Like, I want to guard Jimmy Butler. Let me guard Jimmy Butler, right? So we'll have to see, man. And we'll keep chasing those dreams of potential championships. And it was a great year from just talking bucks i think we did a lot this year uh mitch i know being a, a bigger bucks fan than i am uh we really enjoyed talking to you guys about it so appreciate you, appreciate all the listens um and maybe we should have seen this coming uh, at least in some capacity right uh, but we didn't and now the bucks are out and our maze are free i guess that's uh, we got that going for us uh we can just cheer against the celtics and the sixers together I mean, there's really no likable teams now in the East. Um, I guess I'll cheer for New York because of Villanova. I, I think Knicks fans are insuff insufferable. And then the whole, like, is New York having a moment shit will, will also be annoying. But I, I will probably cheer for the Knicks in the East. Um, in the West, I gotta wait to see how it shapes out. I, I really don't like Denver. I've realized that. I don't like Jokic. I don't know why, but I don't really like Jokic. I think I said to Shannon, maybe LeBron. We might do this as a show segment, so I'm not gonna... I'm not going to do too much, get too deep into it. But yeah, man, wow, uh, this it's crazy. Uh, as for other things, draft-wise, um, if you didn't have enough heartbreak this week with Aaron Rodgers, with the with uh, the Milwaukee Brewers not playing that well, with the Bucks, obviously what we just talked about, can I serve you a helping of Jack Smith and the Jibba drafted at 11 and not 13? You like that? It sounds like Tennessee is going to move up for a quarterback. Now... Are they going to get a pick swap? Are they, you know, where, how far can they move up from 11? Are they going to try to move up to like two and try to trade within their division? Are they going to go at four or three? And if they do, like, are the Cardinals really going to trade down to 11? I mean, the Cardinals will ask for picks on picks on picks. They're going to go eight spots. Uh, but it sounds like the Titans are ready to make an aggressive move if possible for a quarterback. We'll see if it's a smokescreen or not. But yeah, I'm just ready. I mean, at this point, you cannot hurt me anymore as a, as a Wisconsin sports fan. So if JSN doesn't come here, it's fine. I'm not as in the boat with JSN because I understand the logic behind some of the other other guys. But yeah, that would that would that would be you know just the cherry on top of this shit Sunday of a week from a sports fan's perspective. Uh, so yeah, uh, Brewers at least got a win today. That was nice. Um, and they didn't get swept by the Tigers. That would have been embarrassing. Uh, now all eyes are on them. And they should have really good crowds this weekend with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in town. I actually am going to go Sunday. 
we had, it's funny. We were like, well, we got to wait to see what the Bucks do. It's like, nope, not, not anymore. Uh, so that's that's out the door. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's there. Back tomorrow to talk draft. Hopefully I will not sound as somber as I am now. I will tell you, um, I will not be 100% sober for that. Because <laughs> I, didn't I didn't drink today. Uh, which is probably crazy. Some might think that. But yeah, no, I'm definitely going to have a few pops before, uh, before doing the draft pot. Um, so enjoy that. Uh, we'll hashtag don't get fired, you know, as, as always. Uh, but yeah, thank you for all your book support. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about it, um, even in the next couple weeks as, you know, everything comes out. And I'm sure there'll be ridiculous takes, just like there are with Rodgers. Marshall Falk today saying Rodgers has the best team he's ever had. Get the fuck out of here, dude. What a fucking ridiculous statement. That That's such a clown statement for Marshall Falk. Uh, but anyways, uh, just a lot, one more rant. Why not, right? So thanks for rocking with us, Bucks Wise. And we'll be back tomorrow talking draft. And we'll see you then. Take care. Bye.